0: never do the wrong thing, never fail, maybe you never needed a second chance, but um, some of us aren't that, and some of us do need second chances, and some of us do fail and fall short, and some of us may come as a shock, some of us may not be perfect, I don't. And there's a man in the Bible, there's a few men in the Bible, there's a lot of men in the Bible, um... But there's one guy who is in need of a second chance and we just came through the story of Easter but we're going to um, backtrack a little bit right before that and we're going to pick up a story um, Jesus has already got, done the triumphal entry, he's wept over Jerusalem he's cleaned out the temple, he's told some parables and uh, it's bit, it's the last supper, he's had the last supper or the first communion or, uh, depends on how you want to look at it um, Judas is looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus and then the disciples, they have this Disagreement about who is the greatest of them all, which is a good conversation to, to get into. Jesus says this in the middle of all this stuff. and he, he says, The Lord has said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. So Jesus, in the middle of all this, he says, Simon, Simon, or Peter, peter satan wants to have you and sift you as wheat and just shake you and rattle you and turn your world upside down if you will and jesus he says i prayed for you jesus prayed for peter that his faith um wouldn't fail and that he was when he was converted after all this was over he would strengthen his brothers we can spend a long time there if you want but Jesus knew that the enemy wanted Peter. He said he knew that the enemy wanted to destroy Peter. And instead of saying, oh, well, that's too bad. Let's let Peter fight it out with the, the devil. Let's see who wins. And instead of blaming Peter and saying, you know, all well, he should have fought harder. Or, well, you brought this on yourself, Peter. It's your own fault. And whatever. Jesus prayed for him that his faith wouldn't fail and there are things and there are times in our lives that we go through there's stuff that we go through and trials we go through and times where it feels like we're being sifted as wheat and everything's kind of being taken out and shaken around and what we don't need at that time is someone to say well you deserved it you brought it on yourself you big dummy well maybe we did maybe we didn't but i don't need you to point that out It's a little late for that now. I'm already in the middle of the the sifting. And what we do need at that moment is someone to be praying for us. Not that the sifting would stop. Jesus didn't say, I pray that he doesn't do that. Not that the trial would be over, but that our faith wouldn't fail. So we're going to see Peter go through here. We're going to go through his story. And Peter's going to face some things he's never faced before. And he's going to fail. And he's going to fall. But his faith is what needs to stay strong. The new... Uh, living translates the word "converted" that Jesus said as as repented. The Greek word um, is epistreō. Epistrifo. There we go. I'm not good at this, but it means to to turn back to return. Um, if it's used transitively, it means to, to I turn back. In transitively, it means I turn back towards something. We talked about those kind of verbs before. But I come to myself. And, Sounds a lot like the prodigal son when he came to himself and returned. It means a turning back, which also means in order for Peter to turn back, he has to turn away first, right? But even still, Jesus' prayer for Peter was, even though you're going to turn away from me, even though you're going to fail, even though you're going to deny me, even though you're going to do this, I pray that your faith does not fail. And that's what we need to pray for each other. Uh, their faith wouldn't fail. That they'd carry on. But Peter, being Peter, if you read the Gospels, you see that Peter's very outspoken. He's very opinionated. He doesn't often think before he says something. He just rushes into things. And Peter, being who he is, he disagrees with Jesus, which isn't a wise thing. But he's said of him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison And to death, Jesus says, "You're going to be sifted, and all this stuff's going to happen." He's, "I'm going to go with you wherever you go." Jesus says, "This isn't going to happen. My faith, you know, I'm not going to go through all this stuff. I'm going to wherever you go, I will follow you. I will go with you. If you go to prison, I'm going to prison. If you if you get killed, I want to be killed right beside you. Whatever it is that's going to happen, whatever it is that you're going to do, I'm going to go with you." He argues with Jesus, and Jesus. It says, I tell thee, Peter, the, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. And Jesus says, no, Peter, before the rooster crows, before the morning comes, you're going to deny me three times. This night, this day, this, before the next day, you're going to deny me three times. And that's an old punch in the gut, if you will, for for Pete. He's, a, he's been a leader. Peter he was the one who walked on water with Jesus. He was the one who got out of the boat while the rest of the disciples did. And he was the first, one of the first disciples to follow Jesus. He was one of the, the three that were um, there for the, the transfiguration of Jesus. One of Jesus' first miracles was healing Peter's mother-in-law. Peter was the one who went fishing to pay the taxes and caught the fish. And the taxes were in its mouth. That would be a great thing. And Jesus said who do you say that i am peter was the one who said you are the christ the son of the living god peter was called peter was used by jesus he was the guy He was the one that jesus said i'll give you the keys to the kingdom he was he was it he was the one he was the man and if anyone was going to stick with jesus it's going to be peter the chosen of the chosen the Cream of the crop, the best of the best. Uh, there's a song that says, talking from Peter's perspective. So I walked on the tempest. I saw the waves below my feet. It's clear I was the bravest to meet the stranger on the deep. I am the rock on which to build this land. Got the keys to the kingdom on his right hand. I was first among the chosen, the boldest in devotion. But yet Jesus tells Peter, Satan wants to sift you as wheat. And you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows in the morning and this goes to show us that anyone can fail anyone can fall anyone can drop the ball and anyone can drift away and anyone can turn away and we can get up on our high horses and say oh I'll never mess up whatever you want Jesus I'll do whatever it is you want and I'll follow you to the ends of the earth and I've been doing this so long and I've been here for 57 years and I've done This, and I've done that, and I've seen this miracle, and I've had this revelation, and it's all about me, 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 and all the things I've done, and all the things that I've seen, and I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you, but saying a thing is a lot easier than doing a thing, if you ever notice that, it's easy to say things, I'm ready to go to prison or even death with you, when the time comes, maybe we aren't, when the test comes, maybe we aren't, and maybe when the trial comes, maybe we aren't as ready as we thought we were. And that's the good thing about trials sometimes. They reveal weaknesses and help develop something in us. James says you'd be thankful for the trials and the tribulations you go through. It's easy to stand up and say, I'll never leave. I'll never bend. I'll never fall. But it's a lot harder when no one else is around to keep that resolve. We're really good at living one way in front of people and another when they're not there. And this is what happens to Peter. If all the other disciples were around, I'm sure Peter would have just stayed. But they were all gone. The thing about this story is is Jesus knew this about Peter. He knew what was going to happen. Jesus knew Peter's heart and he knew what Peter was going to do and he knows us better than we know ourselves. So when he tells us something, we should probably listen instead of argue with him. But Peter thought that he knew. Peter thought that he knew what he was really like, but only Jesus did. And I'm sure the rest of the disciples probably would have agreed with Peter. Yeah, if anyone's going to be loyal, it's this guy. We just do what Peter does. We follow Peter. He's, a, he's the first one to do the things. If anyone's going to follow Jesus and something happens, it's going to be Peter. He's always stepping out. He walked on water and he did. And Jesus... Knew That he was going to fail Jesus knew that Peter would fall And so he prayed that his faith would not And this is the key This is what will carry us through uh, Through our failures Through our fallings Our shortcomings Sin We may fail But our faith must never fail I may fail But Jesus never fails I may fall But my faith in Jesus has to stay strong. Because it's not... My faith in me is not what matters. My faith in Jesus. And if it does, then I will get through this. And I will come out stronger. Even though I might fail. Even though I might fall. Even though I may deny him and mess up and drop the ball. If I keep my faith in him, I'm going to come out stronger than I went in. Peter thought he was strong. And Peter thought he was brave. and knew He thought he was loyal. And Jesus let him go through this trial to... Not to prove him wrong, but to teach him, to show him, to remove some things from Peter's life, to make him stronger. Because you learn a lot more by failing than you do by not. Amen. If everything just works out for you. You don't know anything. Everything you do just works out fine. You don't learn anything. You're just, I don't know, one of those people. <laughs> That's not me. I know all kinds of ways not to build things. Everything I've built is falling apart. Someday I'll learn how. But you learn more by failing than you do by not. And in our heads, I'm sure, we're the most loyal, most faithful, upstanding Christians there ever was. But then something happens and temptation comes. or There's no one there to keep us accountable. No one else will know. And we find ourselves maybe compromising or sinning or denying Him. Peter comes through this mess stronger than before. We're going to fast forward to verse 54. It says, And they took him and led him and brought him to the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. And they took Jesus. And everyone else has, according to Mark's account, they all forsook him and fled. Everyone else has left. And Peter's still kind of following along behind the scenes. You know, what's going on? He's kind of keeping his distance, you know. Where are they taking Jesus? What are they going to do with him? And Peter, he said, I'm ready to go to prison with you. And so um, he, said, he said that, but a few hours later when Jesus was arrested, did Peter say, take me too? Put the cuffs on me too. I'm going with them. He didn't. He ran away with the rest of them. Then he kind of creeps around. I said, I said I'd follow him. Well, I am from a distance. I said I'd stick by him. I said I'd follow him. And I'm kind of keeping my word. You know, he's got that part done, I guess. But it's late and it's the middle of the night. It's the early morning. Peter's tired. If you ever stayed up all night, you know what that's like. You have children, you know. Peter is tired. His emotions are no doubt all over the place. Peter, we see through his story, he's kind of an emotional guy, blurt stuff out. Whips out a sword, he's kind of just reactionary, and he's tired and he's confused, and he's trained and he's worn out. That's not a good combination for decision making. Verse 55 says, When they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall where it sat down together, Peter sat down among them. And so the servants, the people gather around, they light a fire in the hall or the courtyard because it's cold, it's a, it's night, it's dark, and they've taken Jesus to the house with the high priest and there's a fire going outside and some servants are probably around and some locals looking for gossip because it's not every night someone gets drugged to the high priest's house in the middle of the night and and so they're they're all around the fire keeping warm. And Peter, he's cold. He's tired, confused. He's worn out. And he comes and he sits down with them to, to keep warm. And he wants to be close to Jesus. He's still trying to hold on to that promise he made. I don't know if you've ever done that. God, I'll do this. So, or God, will never do this again. And you find yourself doing part of it. And you're like, well, like, I didn't do all the things. So so I'm still okay. We'll just kind of convince ourselves. that We haven't gone all the way. And, and you know, we... We can use gossiping as an example because it's something we all love to talk about. <sighs> but it's wrong, and for some reason, we'll pretend it isn't. If I use something else, we'll be like, oh, I don't do that thing, so I'm fine. But you <laughs> can say, like, God, God I'm not going to gossip anymore. And, and you find yourself over at so-and-so's house, you know the person that likes to start the stories and spread the things. You'll be over at their house, or... Some others and you might not partake. You may not say anything, but you'll 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 be listening. Or you know, I shouldn't be here, I shouldn't be I should stop this, I should speak up, I shouldn't be taking part of this, but I'm not the one doing it, and so I'm still fine. And even though listening to it isn't any better than spreading it, because it doesn't spread, no one's listening. I haven't quite done the thing that I said I would do, but I'm still holding on. That's kind of where Peter was. Not that he was gossiping, but he was still, he had left Jesus, he had abandoned him, but he was still trying to follow and trying to keep his word that he said he would. He was just holding on by a little bit. And then he's you and look at that like that. I only went so far, and so it's okay. There's a line I haven't crossed yet. Maybe I'm flirting with it. And I think that's that's kind of where Peter was. He was trying to hold on to his promise to Jesus where he said, I'll never leave. I'm going to go with you. Maybe he ran away, but he was falling from a distance. He hadn't completely abandoned him. He could still see Jesus. He still knew where Jesus was. And so technically to him, I'd imagine he was still okay. But if you've ever lived in that space, you know that it isn't okay. There's a feeling that comes over you. There's an uneasiness. We call it conviction. And you know that you shouldn't be there in that situation, but there you are. And this is where it starts falling apart for Peter. Because it's not long after we put ourselves in a compromising position, that surprise, surprise, we find ourselves compromising. Where are we at here? Verse 56. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, woman, I know I'm not. And Peter, he's tired. It's been a long day. It's been a crazy turn of events. They were just having Passover together, and now Jesus is gone. He's been arrested. Judas betrayed him. All this stuff's happened. He's emotionally, I imagine, emotionally drained, and he's tired. Jesus has been taken. He's trying to see what's going on. He's trying to keep warm. He's confused. And this maid looks at him and says, hey, this guy was with Jesus. And I imagine Peter's probably thrown off here. He's just trying to keep warm and mind his own business, you know, leave me alone. And, and so he says, "Woman, well, you're wrong, I don't know him. Denies him once. And Jesus' words don't seem to come back and ring in his ears yet. And it seems so long ago, so many things have happened between then and now. And it should have been a warning to him. You know, maybe I should, maybe I should better get out of here because I'm starting to slip here. And I'm going to. Well, I'm going to keep denying him if I stay here, but he doesn't. And verse 58, a little, After a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. This time a man comes up and says, You're one of them. He's like, Dude, I'm not. Twice denied. In Verse 59, But in the space of one hour after, another confidently affirmed, saying of a truth, This fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. So an hour goes by. Jesus is still in there being tried with a high priest, and Peter is still outside waiting, still trying to hold on to his promise that he made to Jesus, still trying his best to live for him like he said he would. Someone else comes up and says, for sure, this buddy was with him. He's a Galilean. He's not from here. There's no reason why he would be here right now in the middle of the night if he wasn't with Jesus. In those days, people didn't move around a lot. They lived in one local Um, locale for their whole life for the most part one city or town or area and so accents were very much localized you could tell what where someone was from by how they spoke Um, it's what happens if you get you know say a group of people I don't know stick them on an island off the coast of Labrador and let them speak amongst themselves for a few generations or you stick them in Cape Breton What the valley? Some of you guys. I don't know. <laughs> you start talking different, these, different slang develops, different accents develop. You can, uh, in the United Kingdom, you can tell where someone lives, what city they're from by their accent. You know, um, we were in France, The pastor there in, in Milan, just outside of Paris. There, were, um, he told us when they started the church they were struggling to win anyone, but then they got a, Family from the the Congo. And what they did, they just went through a phone book and they're like, that person's from Congo, that person's from the Congo, but just by the last name they could tell. They could tell what tribe they were from and all this stuff. And they just started inviting them and bringing them and the whole church just took off from there. And you can tell, you know, where a person is from based on their accent sometimes or their name or sometimes what they wear, whatever you can tell. And so they they can tell Peter is a Galilean by... From this stuff, you know, maybe it's his accent, maybe it's his clothes, or uh, whatever it is, how he's carrying himself. They know that he's a Galilean, and they're in Jerusalem now. This isn't the little fishing town of Capernaum where he's from. And so, this guy, knowing this, he assumes that Peter is with Jesus because of he's not from here. And Peter says to him, "Man, I know not what those say is." And immediately, while he yet spake, the cock crew. Peter says, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, while they speak, and the rooster crows three times denied. Verse 61 The Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, and how he said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me three times. And Peter is in a place where Jesus can see him, and he can see Jesus. He's that close to him. And as the rooster crows, Jesus turns. He doesn't say a word. He just turns and he looks at Peter. And everything comes flooding back. The memory of that, that upper room. The conversations his boasting. His promises, his claims that he made. The words of Jesus. He said, you're going to deny me. Satan wants to sift you as wheat. And Peter, he's just overcome with shame and guilt. He's failed. He's denied Jesus three times after he said he wouldn't and after he said he'd go to prison he'd go to death for Jesus and after he got up in front of the other disciples and he said what he said and he failed he couldn't even take the accusation from some servants or random people in the street that said oh you know Jesus he couldn't even take that who did he think he was he was going to go to prison he was going to die and all this stuff he failed and verse 62 and Peter went out and wept bitterly and Peter just leaves He goes, and he doesn't bother sticking around anymore, and he doesn't bother pretending. He doesn't warm himself by the fire anymore. He doesn't try to see what's happening in the house anymore, what's going on with Jesus. He leaves, and he weeps bitterly. Peter is a broken man. He's failed. Peter, the one who was so strong, the one that everyone looked up to, the leader, the rough, rugged, outspoken Peter, he drops the ball. He fails he betrays jesus he denies he even knew him not that he was a disciple but that he even knew who he was and his heart is broken he was so proud he was so sure that he couldn't fall he was convinced that he was the most faithful peter was shocked and he went out and wept bitterly and i looked up what the word bitterly means in the original language and it literally means bitterly there's no other word just bitterly violently with grief just bitterly I don't know if you've ever been there. Jesus, I'll never do this. I'll never leave you. I'll never abandon you. I'll never sin against you. But then you do. And you drop it. You drop the ball. You fail. You sin. And you get a chance to witness to someone like Peter did. and You deny you even know him. Or you go to this church here. Well, I don't know. Doors open. Things happen. And we, we drop the ball. And you're struggling with that one sin. And you make a your mind, you know, that's it, I'm not going to do it anymore, I promise, I'm done with that, 24 hours later, you've done it again, or maybe you slip into your prayer life, and, or be as faithful as you were, you never thought you'd see yourself where you are, you've drifted away, there's a bitterness that comes, not bitter as in I hate everyone, but bitter as in the taste, it doesn't sit right. It doesn't feel right. It's an uncomfortable situation. Denying Jesus doesn't sit right. It's wrong. Sinning should make us uncomfortable. It's wrong. But if we fail, our faith must remain strong. Our faith cannot fail. And I'm not saying go ahead and fail. Go out and sin some more. Jesus said don't. But we will. We will fall. We will deny him because we're imperfect human beings. Jesus or Peter was the disciple of all disciples and he did. It happens, but our faith cannot fail. What does that mean? Even though I failed, Jesus doesn't. Even though I've sinned, he's still good. My faith in him is still there. Even though I messed up, I know that he still loves me. Our faith in Jesus needs to remain no matter what happens in our lives. I failed hundreds of times just this week probably. We want to count them, but the one thing that has to remain is my faith in Jesus, because if that fails, then I'm in trouble. If I don't believe in him anymore, I'm in trouble. If I don't believe that he can save me anymore, then I'm in trouble. If I don't believe that he can forgive me anymore, if I don't believe that he can restore me, then I'm in trouble. Your faith in Jesus is what's going to keep you through your denying of him. It's what's going to bring you back. It's what's going to bring you to repentance. What did Jesus say? When you come back, when you return, when you're converted. It's what's going to bring you back. I have faith that he's going to answer me. I have faith that he will forgive. I have faith that he still loves me. And I'm almost done. I'm going to hop over to the book of John now. Jesus has been crucified. He's been buried. He's risen. We're past the Easter story now. Or this week, if you will. He showed up to the disciples. And they don't really know what they should be doing. He hasn't really given them any instructions yet. It seems like he's just kind of appearing and disappearing and showing up. and um, Sometimes they're all there. Sometimes Thomas isn't. Sometimes he's, you know, just kind of, it's not the same. It's a little bit different. He's appeared to them a few times and then so the guys they, they kind of just hang out and do what they what they know to do after and you'll know, see as many of them are go well, they were fishermen before they were called they just go fishing like some of you guys were or what to do today let's go fishing so seven of them are fishing Peter Thomas Nathaniel James John and two others And they fish all night, and they catch no fishes, as the Sunday school song says. And Jesus shows up on the shore, and he calls out to them, says, Children, you catch anything? Well, cast it on the right side, and you will. Duh, I shouldn't have thought of that. You know, if you're fishing, and somebody yells at you, and you're like, don't talk to me. I know how to fish. But They do. They do what he says, and they catch 153 fish. And John says, Peter, that's Jesus. And Peter, the one who denied Jesus, the one who'd failed, but his faith did it, what does he do? He ditches the rest of the disciples, he ditches the fish, he ditches the boat, and he dives off the side of the boat and he swims to the shore to see Jesus. And I love that. Trisha, if you could they have breakfast because breakfast is good and then jesus says when they are dying jesus saith to simon peter simon son of jonas says lovest thou me more than these and he saith unto him yea lord thou knowest that i love thee and he saith unto him feed my lambs and he saith unto him again the second time simon son of jonas lovest thou me and he saith unto him yea lord thou knowest that i love thee Saith unto him, Feed my sheep. And he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved because he had said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things, thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. Jesus with Peter. It's Peter and Jesus. He says, Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs, feed my sheep. Remember, Jesus is the good shepherd. This is the flock he's talking about. Three times Peter denied him. Three times Jesus says, do you love me? Jesus gives him a chance to make it right and correct his behavior, his failure. This man was also with him. Woman, I know you not. Do you love me? You're one of them, man. I am not. Do you love me? This guy was with him. He's a Galilean. I don't even know what you're talking about. Do you love me? Maybe you're here today and maybe something has happened and like Peter, you've drifted a bit. And you let something come between you and Jesus. You never thought it would. You were the one who was always faithful. You were the one who was always at the church. You were the one who was always praying or involved. But life has pulled you away. And Jesus is asking you the same question he asked Peter today Do you love me? Maybe you've failed, but your faith cannot lovest thou me more than these what do these mean some people think it means more than the disciples that love Jesus that's not it because we're not supposed to compare ourselves amongst ourselves more than Peter loved the other disciples it's not likely Peter would abandon Jesus because he loved John or Matthew more so that's not it these things his fishing, his boat, all the stuff his life that's it we're supposed to leave everything and follow him you love me more than this stuff Peter denied Jesus and he went back to his old life went back to his old stuff he was a fisherman again he wasn't a fisher of men anymore he was a fisher man again he went back to his old stuff his back because he didn't really know what to do and Jesus shows up and says, do you love me more than these? And I think Peter fell and failed because he wasn't quite ready to let go. He, let, he put the nets down before, but as soon as an opportunity came, he went back. He had a fallback plan. Right? When we come to Jesus, we have our lives change, and then something rattles us or shakes us, and something happens in our life, and sometimes we just kind of throw in the towel and go back because that's what we know happens all the time so Jesus comes he says do you love me do you love me do you love me more than these Peter said you know I do verse 21 or verse 19 sorry the last part when he had spoken this he saith unto him follow me he gave him one more chance Lord I'm We're ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. But you weren't ready, Peter. You ran away. And now again, I'm asking you, follow me. You had a chance. You blew it. I'm I'm giving you another chance, Peter. Follow me. I'm calling you again, Peter. Follow me. When we fail, when we sin, when we fall, when we deny him, he comes to us and he finds us as we are. And he says, do you love me more than this? Then follow me. He welcomes us back. You denied me. You've been forgiven. Do you love me? Then deny these things and follow me. You said you were going to follow me before you failed. Are you still going to? The calling doesn't stop because you fell. The calling doesn't stop because you failed. Are you still going to follow me? Are you going to get up? Are you going to put those nets down again? Are you going to follow me one more time? The invitation to follow Jesus is still there. The invitation to leave that whole life behind is still there. Even if you fail, even if you've fallen back. Do you love me? Follow me. Regardless of what you've done, no matter what has happened, follow me. Don't let your failures define you. Let your faith define you. Don't let your faith fail. If we fall, it doesn't matter. Our faith in him needs to stay strong. Our faith that he still forgives, our faith that he still restores and he redeems and he still calls. And he still has a purpose and a plan for our lives. This is a beautiful story of grace, a second chance. And he's offering it to us today. Follow me. Whenever we have times or messages like this, we open the altars and you will come to come get right with God. Some folks get worried about coming up to the altar. They think everyone's going to know what I've done. And that's not what this is about. The other disciples, they didn't know Peter had denied Jesus. They weren't around. They had ran away too. They weren't there. This is something Peter did in secret, if you will. And when Jesus met with him, it was a private... A personal conversation. He's not about embarrassing anyone. He's not about making you look foolish. Calling anyone out. This is a personal thing between you and God. Someone else might not even know. Everyone might not even know. You've been here all the time. Maybe you've drifted away. and Nobody knows but you and him. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. This is just. About us getting right with Him today, He's given us one more chance, another chance. One more chance sounds like that's it, but another chance. He's given us another chance. He's asking us the same question: You've drifted apart. You've drifted away from Him. Do you love me? Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than this stuff that you let get between us? Do you love me more than this? If so follow me. He's calling us to follow him again today. Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop. We're going to open the altar. If you want to come, we'll pray with you. we to pray in your seat. That's fine as well. Again, we're not trying to embarrass anyone. I just want us to be right with him. I want us to follow him together. He's not looking to shame anyone today. He just wants to clear up some things. Wants to restore some things. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray together today.